You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 183rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. I am Matt, the little guy Alan in Minneapolis. Uh, this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. And I am your special guest, uh, Adam Myerson in Dorchester, also Boston, Massachusetts. Wow. The Adam Meyerson? Not like an imposter, right? Well, it's the real one. It is a podcast. You there's no way for you to know other than the fact that true. Yeah, you can see me on video, but I can see you. They can't. Those they can't. those people. <laughs> They'll just have to believe that we've that we've got the real one. Well guys, what do you want to talk about this week? Bikes? No. Not no? at all. Not even a little bit. I want to talk about the enchiladas I made tonight for dinner. <laughs> Yeah, because solid. I, I've decided burritos are dead, and 2018 is the year of the enchilada. Does that mean it's a year where you have a little bit more time to eat? Because it's you got to have a fork, you got to have a plate. That means you got to wash a fork and a plate eventually, or you're just you're throwing them away every time. Maybe I don't know, saving yeah, time. Maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm it, just growing up. I don't know. It, it's interesting that you're going in this direction, Spencer, because I in fact had. Uh, Mofongo for dinner tonight um, at a local restaurant here um, called mm. El Barrio, and I had not had it previously. And I think you should give it a try if you're gonna, um, if you're looking for different options, something new. Nope. What? What, 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 what is twenty four seven every day? It's my race Wait. program for twenty eighteen. Really? Yeah. So you're not racing again this year, too, right? <laughs> <laughs> this, is an, this is another off year. <laughs> no, it's I'm back. I'm back and better than ever. Spencer, I think you misread the training uh, setup that was set up for you. It's usually like three days on, maybe a day off. It's not. Th- it's not three years off, one day, one year on. I think you well, got it kind of mixed up. Days, days, weeks, years. See, I think you got them all jumbled. It's like a macro view of training, though. Oh, okay. He's yeah. on the rest. Hey. He's on the rest your way to fitness plan. Yeah. I was three year rest. When Spencer first got out here, I have to admit, I, I was shocked at how little he actually rode bikes for someone who cares so much about bike racing. I was like, I'd invite him to ride like pretty much every day, be like, nah, no, I'm, I'm good. And I finally was like, oh, Spencer doesn't ride. He <laughs> like loves bike racing. He knows a ton about bike yeah. racing. I thought he yeah. was a bike racer. He was, I was. He was yeah, once. Yeah. He was once. Yeah. I retired before you did, which is, you know, impressive. So, yeah. well, yeah. you quit is what you mean. There's, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. I didn't have only, anything to retire yeah. from. <laughs> you can only retire if it's your job. Otherwise, <laughs> it's quitting. Ah, burn. <laughs> Maybe I got fired. I don't really know. Yeah. But kind of. I mean, I used to go Adam on rides with Spencer 
on the weekend and then maybe we wouldn't ride till the next weekend and he'd show up and I'd be like, man, it looks like his water bottles are at the same level they were at yeah. the end of the ride last weekend. <laughs> right. Like just went in the corner, didn't even refill the bottles, just grabbed it, ready yeah. to go. I mean, lucky for him, he doesn't really eat either. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, he, he stays at raceway. Yeah, he stays slim. He stays slim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all... All the moving pieces work together in a beautiful, uh, you know, dance. It's a very synchronized thing that mm-hmm. I have going. I've carefully constructed over years and years of yeah. fine tuning. So yeah, don't try it at home. It's yeah. way too complicated well, for for a novice racer. Yeah, this I, maybe I'll put it out in bonus content for for members of the uh, of the network or something. People that you know maybe can handle that level. Well, I I would just. I would tell you not to be too ambitious this comeback because um, your wife is getting to be pretty good and she does still need a, mm-hmm. a mechanic in the cross races. So don't. Yeah. That's priorities. Probably more important than your bike racing. Oh, leaps and bounds more important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leaps and bounds. But, uh, yeah. you know, she hates road racing. So I think maybe I can get away with a couple crits this year. We'll see. Oh, yeah, that'll be good. That's how Matt and Mo did it. Matt had a summer season. Mo had a winter season. Perfect. Yeah, she supported him in his endurance stuff during the summer, and then he was her mechanic for a cross in the fall. Ah, that's right. Yeah. Little guy, we have not put together the raspberry brevet that we were going to put on <laughs> with Matt. <laughs> yeah. We need to work on this. And we also, at some point over the last couple of years, we lost track of your uh, training to do the cross Minnesota ride. Yeah, I be. I mean, if you recall, I became much less interested in it when I meant I have a had to have a car follow me across yeah. the whole state. To I was just interested in the idea of doing it, like riding across the state, and if I could set the record and do it by myself, that sounded fun. Somebody oh, needs to time it, you know. It's got to be official. Can I just have a Garmin on my bike or something? I don't know. I understand why they have to have an official if it's going to be the official record, but. The the thought of riding across the whole state with somebody just cruising right behind me in a car at yeah. fifteen miles an hour the whole time sounds really boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who signs up for that job? Like it's hard to <laughs> being an official is already uh an interesting job, you know, like you gotta be a certain you gotta like bike racing in a certain way to to mm-hmm. wanna be an official. Who wants to be a long distance cycling official because you're right i don't know it's you just you basically go for car rides but a really slow car ride yeah watching one dude one dude yeah you don't even get to break up a fight or something after a contested sprint i mean at least you get a little excitement when you're doing a crit or something yeah that hadn't even occurred to me but you're totally right i was i was an official with usa cycling for a couple years there I, i did a bunch of cross races i did uh one or two crits uh, that was terrible um and i did one road race exactly one road race where i had to follow the field around and that was it like i was it was so terrible it was the worst it was mind numbing and uh yeah i i would not sign up for for any of those jobs so yeah yeah no big, we can't big big respect for those exactly officials. yeah we can't Jesus. can't do it without them i know yeah exactly it's um you yeah. come around i think at some point to realizing like oh you have like the worst job in cycling nobody else wants to do it <laughs> thank you so much for being yeah here. yeah yeah it you become, was you appreciate it them. yeah 
It was the only way I made any money uh, at bike races, though. I'll give That's you that. That's a good point. Yeah, I know what. I, yeah. I pay. I pay those officials. I know what. They, I mean, they're not getting rich officiating. Yeah. That's for sure. But no. yeah, you can make five hundred bucks a weekend. Out Thirty. Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So now, speaking of raspberry brevet and our and our plans, uh, which are only half baked at this point. Now that you're retired, have you ever thought about doing any uh, long distance riding or? or bike camping or any of the stuff that's hip and cool right now? I, I have actually, um, cause I like oh, riding, right? Like, I mean, I, <laughs> I like, I, you know, it's went a different direction than I thought it would yeah, already. Yeah. No, no, I, I actually have. I think what Matt okay. does is really cool. What Matt Roy does is really cool. And I, I pay attention to those records that he's setting. And I liked to train, you know, I had no problem doing yeah. 30, 35 hour weeks. And so, Riding six, seven, eight hours a day is not inconceivable or wasn't at one point, but it is inconceivable to me now. Um, you know, I'm, I struggle to do, you know, my, my 10 hours a week and to, to train properly for something like that. Like, you, I don't mm-hmm. think I just, it's not something you do with a kid and a family. Um, maybe you could do it with a job, but you, I already neglect so many other responsibilities just to do the bike racing that I'm doing. So it's not sure. really, um, but but the bike camping part, um, I mean, I I like showering, um, <laughs> and so this is the thing that gets me the bike. Yeah. Like I'm super into the idea. Like I like being in the woods. I want to do some exploring and some adventuring, and I could see doing it with Flynn. You know, when Flynn is old enough to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, if I'm going to do any kind of camping, it's again like I want to do it with the family. Um, yeah, Janice likes sure. the idea of 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 camping but then sometimes when she's confronted with the actual um mm, being yeah, outside yeah, part yeah, yeah. like there's <laughs> bugs and things are bothering yeah. her and yeah so it turns out yeah so camp camping's always more glamorous midweek before you like spend half a day packing and then unpacking at the site uh, getting ready for it yeah know, and it really yeah. is as a family we're still oh, yeah. better off just staying in a cute hotel in new york city and walking around yeah yeah, so. yeah. Uh, that makes sense that makes sense okay you and you and tom boonin got any plans for some camp no. adventures i mean i really hope he wants to sit in the trailer that long but <laughs> so far he's maybe got uh 45 to 50 minutes max in the trailer yeah you know back when the weather was nice uh, that i could get get riding in with him back there well, before he gets maybe, upset so we'll see maybe put the bike on the trainer you put the trailer behind the trainer and get him used mm-hmm. to like doing some longer hours and, uh, before <laughs> yeah. you actually take him outside. Yeah, if I if I had ridden um, as much this year as I went for walks with him to get him to go to sleep, if I if I had transferred all those hours to riding, I would have been really fast this year because um, <laughs> I did a lot of just walking, but mm. I haven't been able to transfer it all to uh, biking yet. That's what next year's for—just a ton of biking. You went the trailer route, huh? Not the not the baby seat route. I went with the baby seat, a, the one on the front. I'm actually no, gonna no, get it was in the back. Those. I have the I have the oh, Julie you got the back one. one. Yeah, yep. Um, and uh, I set up my one of my racing bikes, my like kind human carbon fiber racing bike <laughs> from two seasons <laughs> ago. And nice. I put I put the Thule bike seat on that, and I did eventually raise my handlebars up a centimeter up front because I just I didn't need to be in like my criterium position while I had them on the back. And eventually, I realized yeah. I want 
I put my mountain bike shoes and pedals on it instead of road shoes and pedals. Um, it's a good plan. <laughs> and that was a good, and so that was great. Yeah. But like, I, I had it set up because I had this idea that I would like drop them off at daycare and then go train on that bike. Yeah. And which would look awesome. You're doing intervals with <laughs> yeah. this big bike seat just sitting well, on the what, back. No, what's great is the Thule one, you, you screw the clamp onto the seat tube, but you can take oh, the okay. whole, you can take the seat off and then just the clamp stays on the seat tube. And I okay, could leave so the I could leave the baby seat at daycare. What what ended up happening is instead I would finish my training rides a lot, like right where I could I could come in and eat a snack and change bikes and then ride to daycare and get him without changing my kit or anything. And so I could yeah. I could add a half an hour to my training ride and and pick him up and ride home. But I the the trailer in the city here yeah, was very unnerving to me like i need there isn't a lot of space on the roads here and i needed to be able to move between cars and be yeah. more nimble um i just so worried about getting run down from behind i i was also un- uncomfortable with it 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 took me a while to get i still wasn't very comfortable i'm pretty close to a bunch of trails you guys have such on. a great network of of yeah. bike paths and such as well so like I'm so close to the greenway that's can take you a lot of places in Minneapolis. And so a lot of the times we would just, it, I'm like three blocks from that. So I'd yeah. have to do three mm-hmm. blocks on the city, on the streets where I was a little like, Oh God. Cause it does feel like he's super low and he's way back there. Yeah. And it, it's a little freaky, especially it's like first parent freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Of course. And, um, especially, you know, what we're talking about <laughs> and, oh, yeah. um, I'm on it. But once I'd get to the trail, I would definitely be a little little sigh of relief. Um, and the main place we rode was we were going to like a class that we would go to like once a week. And so we'd ride to that and I could ride two blocks to the trail, ride the trail there and then ride two blocks to the place where the class was. So it was like, yeah, that's great. Oh, so easy. So but, like it, it, it's uh, we're coming near the holidays. So like Whole Foods has the um, the almond milk uh, fake eggnog uh, little guy. And I just yeah. walked up there this evening to get some more. And so I had my grocery bag and it had, had the soy nog in it or the almond milk o- a nog. And I'm walking back and it's a nice cleared path, you know, along the river that I come home on. But it's a little icy and treacherous in, in points. So I, I kind of get your feeling. Like I was, <laughs> I was worried. Yeah, you were worried that, about the nog, yeah. Yeah. That's stuff, like, it's limited release, right? And it it's only comes around once a year. Yeah. Yeah. Like losing your firstborn. I, that's at least my understanding of it. What about yeah? Have you checked out the chocolate peppermint one? Also delicious. I I believe I have, but not recently. Yeah, you still got a couple we could weeks, do a, man. We could do a whole separate podcast on this. <laughs> Nog, Nogcast. But, uh, people probably came here for bikes, so oh. I don't, don't want to like derail. Slightly things. topical, what we just talked about. That slightly, was bike related for sure. This is like Dadcast one hundred and one. I know. This sorry, like, man. I, I, you, Adam, I was thinking at some point it's got to be you, you, me, and Tim, and we just only dad, like an just a solid Dadcast. I'm into it. All we talk about is trailers and <laughs> naps in trailers and like naps in the seat and getting them to daycare. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. I think I think there's an audience for that. Spencer could talk about I Sharky, maybe. He could talk about the <laughs> Sharky's wheel. Yeah. But yeah. I think Tim needs like all that advice right now. Like <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's a little, I mean he's a little behind me and I'm w- I'm way behind you, Adam. So 
Um, How yeah, old's your kid? Tim's now? pulling up there. He's he'll be eleven months in like he was, a week. Yeah, he was being born while uh, while I was getting married that weekend, so that's why Tim's kid. They, yeah. they weren't there. Right, right, right. At least that's the excuse he gave me. Uh, I I, I got all the tips. True. I got all the tips. Yeah, I got all the tips for you. I've, yeah. I've done it once. I'm an expert. Yeah, that's how I'm starting to feel. Yeah. <laughs> well, bikes. You want to talk about bikes? bikes. We were going to talk about uh, a bunch of cross, a bunch of Euro cross. There's a bunch, two races this weekend. I didn't watch Sunday, today's race. I watched Saturday. That was good. Do you guys watch Saturday? Let's I start did. with Saturday. I didn't watch it. What happened? <laughs> Vanderpool won. Oh. Kant won. You know, it was, it was kind of the, the usual. It wasn't really that amazing. It was pretty standard. <laughs> All right. Sounds <laughs> good. Not, sometimes there's not a lot to say. I remember, was, I, uh, so I was, there was a little bit of a fight put up uh, by by Sweek. Okay. He put up a bit of a fight. This was it, a, a DVV race, right? That was on yeah. Trek bikes? Yep. One of the okay. DVV ones. Okay. So. I don't know. Good. All I know about that one is that uh, Katie Compton finished third. Yeah, I think so. And took uh, took over or extended her lead in that series. She um, did. So that's awesome. Um, she's continues to do very well in in Europe this year. Um, I don't know. Great to see. It's it's almost like a foregone conclusion. You know, you're like, oh yeah, of course Katie Compton's gonna do well. But I think she's doing. More consistently no. well than she has before. Does that seem yes. accurate? Or? I think she's yeah. better. I, I don't think people, I don't know if they're noticing or not. I think she mm-hmm. is riding better than I can remember her riding. Like this seems to be, to be her actual best performances consistently. Yep. She's, um yeah, she got sick or whatever, but she's not having um all the recurring problems that have bothered her in the past. She seems to have really gotten on top of those things. I think she physically looks different. So I think because she's mm-hmm. identified a lot of her food allergies and and has more restrictions and is paying more attention to that, I think she looks leaner than she's ever looked. She looks muscular. Mm-hmm. And I think you're seeing that change in, in some of her performances. Courses where she might not have done as well before, she seems to be doing well. And I, I think she, she physically looks different. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if everybody wants to talk about no one wants to tweet about, oh, Katie looks skinny or something like that. Maybe that's not necessarily appropriate. But if you just want to think purely yeah. in an evaluation of an athlete's performance, it's not mm-hmm. unreasonable to talk about. So I, I think yeah. she looks really good. And I think it's showing up in her performances. And, um, you know, while I think everybody maybe is on the lookout for you know, is this little Katie's year? Is this Ellen's year? You know, who's going to be the first one to dethrone mm-hmm. Katie? I wouldn't count on it being this year. I think she looks incredible. I think she's as good as she's ever been. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like, uh, you know, we're, we're so used to her, like, coming out and smashing those big, important races, like the World Cups or whatever it is. And then, you know, kind of having those bad days or having those bad starts or whatever it was that, she seemed more sporadic before and and now it's like she's always either just on that podium or like no worse than fourth or fifth you know like so yeah i think i think you're you're onto something i i couldn't put my finger on it but uh that makes a lot of sense 
should we talk about Sunday then, since nobody knows what happened on Saturday? I mean, I know what happened. All I, I Vanderpool won. I mean, there's not okay. a lot to say. Well, he, he's he's bet he's much much better than everybody. But so yeah, yeah let's talk about Sunday. <laughs> okay, so Sunday, uh, he he won again. Um, oh, he was, that's he weird. Was mu- he was much much better than everyone. Yeah, um, <laughs> weird. And uh, you know that that is raising some concerns, I guess, uh, uh, on the on the uh, forums and internets and Twitters oh, and everything. The internets, huh? Um, not not about like is this guy you know legit or whatever, but just like is he actually doing a disservice to the rest of the race by just embarrassing everyone all the time? Well, I mean, I think the first thing is let's not blame him exactly. or And I don't think we are. But as we talk about it, let's just talk about we expect every bike racer to do the best they can, ride as fast as they can. Like, there's no, right. no like blaming him for trying to win bike races. But it's reasonable yeah. to talk about the impact of his pursuit of success. And, and, and is it going to have a negative impact or how could it have a negative impact? And. Um, you know, you can compare it to other eras and other dominant, dominant riders in other areas or other eras. You know, Nice had a dominant period. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, you know, who who dominated before Nice? I mean, in our lifetime, you know, Roland Lamotten. I mean, you just got to go way back. I think it's yeah. Let's talk about it in the TV era because era because I think this is a TV related problem. So the tweet, you know, that that I the comment that I made today via Twitter is just. If it's fine, if we're going to talk about a beautiful duel, right? Nice always had Gronendahl. Yeah. And before, you know, after Gronendahl, he had Stibar. He had Bart Wellens for a big part of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Albert. And Albert, right. And so Nice's, yeah. Nice's real domination came as a mature rider late in his career when Stibar and Bohm had gone to the road and Albert had retired with his heart condition. And they and the young riders on the way up weren't quite as good yet. Um, yeah. And it's only in his last, you know, two seasons. Of course, his second to last season, he had that really bad patch, and that's when the under twenty threes um, were on the way up. Uh, and then he got back on top of things and dominated in his last season, and often was the only one who could ride back um, Vanderpool and Van Aert. So yeah. if if Van Ant now is not as good as Vanderpoel, there is no beautiful duel. It's just Vanderpoel riding away at some point on lap one and spending the whole race out in front by himself. And I do personally think that's bad for Cross because if you are sponsoring a team that Van, right. that's not Vanderpoel and you're, part of what you're paying for is TV time, and the producers are choosing to spend 50 or 75% of, of the race just following the solo leader, yeah. uh, you're, not, you're not getting the value for your sponsorship that you were expecting to pay for. And I don't know what that ratio right. is. It'd be good to see how many minutes, like what's the percentage of time there on Vanderpool versus on everyone else. But if you're not, yeah. a, if you're not in the TV window, yeah. you're not getting your money's worth. I wonder if they... I wonder if he almost gets less sometimes when he's that far off the front because sometimes you have that you have a decent battle for second place this year and and I feel like sometimes that's it is almost like cut to Vanderpool yeah he's flying by himself and then it's like 
but you can show this battle between the Fidea boys or like or like yeah. Sweek or Wow or actually like racing, not just riding in a time trial by themselves. But I don't yeah, I don't know how it breaks down either. I can see that logic if you're sponsoring a team. It does start to get hard to sponsor anyone that's not Vanderpool. I thought in the race today, um, at Overice, uh it was more even than it has been in the past. I think they showed the race for second uh, a little bit more enough, enough that I didn't turn it off mm-hmm. enough that I yeah. didn't, mm-hmm. but I sometimes feel like I'm close to it. And then the highlights of, you know, it is nice to watch Vanderpool go fast. His technique is incredible. Oh, yeah. The risks he takes are incredible. So the highlights of the, some of the crazy stuff he does were really great to watch. Yeah, he's almost better to watch in highlights in in a sense because you can watch that you watch that race for second, second and third place. That's where there's a real battle. Obviously, like today, there's four or five guys within twenty seconds of each other for that those last podium spots. And then, yeah, you go back and you watch some shots of Vanderpool taking that descent five seconds faster than everybody else, and then pulling a tabletop over over some some rise later in the race when he's just getting like. So in Saturday's race, one thing I clearly remember is a <laughs> shot where they pan back so you could see second and like third place coming around, you know, and it's in the last lap. And in the right corner, they don't even have the camera fully on him. You see Vanderpool just catch yeah. huge air. And yeah. you're like, that's just so common now that right. he's he's winning a race by 30 seconds to a minute and doing crazy stuff that they're like, eh, we don't have to have a camera over there for that. <laughs> When he crosses the finish line, I sometimes, you know, you see the look on his face when he crosses now and it's, yeah, it's, there's not a lot of excitement <laughs> for him. He's a little bored. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think he is a little bored. Yeah. He's sort of like, Hey guys, I won again. Like he's clearly like, it's not that he's not enjoying it or anything, but he clearly expects it now and there's no thrill there. He kind of half yeah. lives, you know, Do he, we... he seems, yeah, he seems bored when he gets he seems more surprised when he gets second or third. Do we think that Wout is just on a bad year? Is there something, some injury that we don't know about, something like that, or is he just not as good? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, you got to re- remember that s- some of Wout's best rides have happened when Vanderpool has had a problem. Yeah, either he's out with knee surgery or he has flats or crashes or yeah. breaks something unfortunately so i think yeah. i think what Wout has done obviously is have the his best days on the most important days uh mm-hmm. so he's he's been winning championships and i think that's important and um, that's crucial uh i mean i think part of why we enjoy this duel is that they're very different riders they get the job done in different ways uh, yeah from a from a coach standpoint the, the thing that Wout can't do is that first lap uh vo2 effort that vanderpool can do and it's almost like if 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 out could work on or improve that five minute effort ability be able to just go as fast as he can just for that one lap. he he can turn similar lap times once they're in the race and sometimes he even rides them back but he can't do that he can't do he can't match that opening lap yeah that's where he loses it and then, and then they're just chasing each other, or it's a pursuit, you know. And it's just a matter of whether or not he runs them down. Yeah, that's just frustrating to watch. <laughs> but. So, yeah, I get it. Um, 
Well, there's gonna, still hope. He's taking. Well, it's taking a couple of weeks off, so maybe yeah, he's going to come he's back. Training, flying. Right. Yeah. Like so, so Sweek. I don't think Sweek raced today, but Sweek raced yesterday, mm-hmm. um, on Saturday, and he hadn't. He'd taken a week or two off. Came back, was racing much better than he had been for the last month or so, where he'd been kind of fading. Yeah. So yeah. you know, a break, a break can change things. We'll see, right? It's uh, I, one thing related to that. It's uh, obviously been really cool to see uh, Stephen Hyde. Um, yeah. In in Spain. Um, ah, bosom buddies. Uh, yeah, those guys. Yeah, yeah. That's you know you got to read between the lines there, right? That's those are important friends to make, and that looked like a a good uh, so a good networking trip for mm-hmm. Stephen. Um, I'm sure there's uh, some SRAM connections there to 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 bring those guys together, but they obviously like each other and are hanging out. And but if mm-hmm. Stephen, you know, if Stephen wants to have a career in Europe, at some point he's got to be on a European team and getting to know all those guys and being well-liked is, is going to be important if uh, that's going to happen yeah. in the future. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think being well-liked will be a, a problem for him. He's a, he's a pretty likable dude. The other dominating performance we saw this weekend, which uh, isn't quite the extent of, uh, of the men's racing, but uh, harkens back to maybe when the women's racing was similar. We had PFP back and that's kind uh-huh. of a big, big deal uh in the women's race she won uh today um not in a dominant fashion but she she won you know she wrote everybody back and um it you know she used to to crush everyone and and Voss before that so how did women's racing turn that corner from being kind of a one woman show uh more or less a few years ago to being you know definitely the more exciting of the two races uh, these days and can can men's racing do that as well <laughs> not a fan around <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i i guess it happened in voss's absence right um yeah and and you know voss has very rarely done a full cross season um you know but her talent level is so high that she can you know finish a road season take a break come in late i think when she does that reduced cross season that's why she can race at such a high level we saw balm tried to do that too but didn't quite go as well for him um and so you think about who voss's um who her contemporaries were you know who who could beat voss when voss was on um honka kupfernagel daphne vandenbrand you know those riders are all gone um those riders have all retired so um yeah pvp is one of the pfp is one of the only riders who really can so just come out and ride at her level right um yeah when she's full on you know sana's not as good as voss and and katie hasn't been able to beat voss at a world championships but um yeah i don't know it's sometimes when you chop off that one or two top riders then there's racing then there's good racing to watch because everybody else is close without vanderpool the men's race would have looked incredible today incredible they would have been like a group of eight yeah until the last lap yeah it was a, yeah so i don't know it's so do you want to go so far as saying women's cyclocross is better without voss i don't that's not i don't want to say that that doesn't i don't believe yeah that. i don't know i i think i think if she came back she'd have more pressure than she did before though you know so is it gotten better because she's gone or has it gotten better just in general? Oh, I think know? both things can be true. I think it has the level so yeah. much higher. It has gotten better. I mean, you got to remember that it wasn't that long ago that half the Belgian races didn't have women's races at all. Yeah. 
So now that that yeah. women's cyclocross has grown by leaps and bounds in the past 10 years, for sure. Well, um, yeah, I don't think we're going to solve any of these problems on this podcast, but it's something to think about. And, you know, and then how the uh, how the Americans fit in there, too, obviously, is is something everybody's curious about. We saw Hyde today having a, a pretty great start. Um, he had a he had a front row start. Um, whether or not the Belgians think he <laughs> deserves that, I guess, is up for debate. But, um, you know, he used it well. He got got into a lead group uh, three off the front there for at least, really? you know, ha- half a lap cool. or three quarters of a lap. And uh, maybe more than that. I don't remember. But uh, almost, it went yeah, south. almost a full lap in the front three. And then uh, and even like as people were making mistakes, he was riding by guys. It, it looked solid. Yeah. And then, yeah. But then once once Vanderpool was gone, the, the, the thing that Steven did that looked really good is he actually settled into the second group for a while. He didn't just go straight out the back. Um, yeah. I don't know what the second half of his race. I don't know the details. You know, we ended up 16th. I think he was 14th or 15th the day before. Those are solid rides. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. and so I don't know, you know, the fade back to 16th could be for a million different reasons. I haven't heard the report yet. Um, you know, it, I, he could have flatted, you know, it could have been anything. So still solid, you know, it's progress. If he can consistently be around, you know, top 15, that's definitely a good foundation to build from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he was, you know, he was the excitement for, for the Americans in the, in the men's race. Um, <laughs> Katie Compton fourth in the women's race. Um, Ellen Noble in, just in the top ten there in ninth. She had a she had a great start too, and uh, kind of faded back as well, but um, held it together for top ten. So that was cool. And we also saw L Anderson winning uh, a smaller race uh, this weekend. In I don't know where that race was actually, but uh, in Spain, I think. In Spain, yeah. Okay. Um, so that was cool. I mean, everybody seems to be going as well as they can uh, right now. Like, um, what? Um, do you have any any thoughts on why? I mean, there's so many good American women right now, and there's so many of them over in Europe, and you're not even seeing that many American men even trying to go to Europe right now. You know, like Hyde was the only guy in the race today, and there's th- what three, four in the women's race. Like, it yeah. feels like. The men's going to Europe now, we just kind of have one or two people occasionally dip in their toe. And whereas with the women, it feels like the top 15 in the American, the races like the UCI races over here are all like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can do that. I'm going to go do that. Yeah. It yeah. just, it feels weird. I think the American women have traditionally been better than the American men. But also, yeah. uh, if, if, you, if the women's field is not quite as deep, then it's easier to make that jump up. So I think that combo of those two things. I mean, you can go back in the history of American women's cyclocross. We've always put multiple riders in the top 10 at the world championships. That goes back to the the 90s with Ann Grand and Carmen DeLucio. And um, I think people, I don't expect everybody to know that history you know if you've only come into the sport in the last five years or whatever you're not going to know the history of american women's cyclocross in the 90s but it's it's right. all it's always been that good the american women have always been that good um, so it it's uh I, I, I don't know i think the jump is bigger um for the yeah. men because the level here isn't as high 
um, and the level there is higher. So that gap is definitely bigger. And the fields are smaller. So when you get spit out the back, there's nowhere to go. You know, like the women's race has been close to 50 people these last couple races, uh, where the men's race has been like 25. So, <laughs> you know, if you, if you know you're not going to be in the first or second group, you know you've still got groups to be in. Like that's motivating too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Whereas in a men's race, like you might just be by yourself way off the back getting pulled with five laps to go. I probably will be. I'm trying to think of what other, you know, the other American men that are are ready to make the jump are mostly like under 23s right now. Um, you know, I don't know what, mm -hmm. you know, Tobin's really stepped up a lot this year and is, and, and Carrie's mm -hmm. riding really great. Um, you know, I don't know what those guys' long-term plans are. Like, do they want to be mm -hmm. professional yeah. cyclocross riders? Do oh. they, they want to give it a go in Europe or do they like their lives here? I mean, that's part of the challenge, right? Yeah. Yeah, we sure should uh, we should talk about them and maybe nationals and uh, some of the local races at UCI that have been going on, but we have to make a quick break for Prem Lap. So here's the bell. <laughs> cool. Uh, this is Stephen Hyde with Cannondale Cyclocrossworld.com, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So Spencer, who are we riding for this week? <laughs> uh, this week, as always, we are riding for healthiq.com slash slow ride, which is a place that you can go to uh, learn more about life insurance, uh, get a quote um, that is going to save you some money because you are a cyclist, you are doing your work, you are putting in the miles, and uh, you're a healthier individual. Um, so Health IQ has gone around and uh, gotten the best rates that they can for healthy people because you are a uh, less of a liability uh, for them, so they can charge you less money. And uh, it behooves you to at least check it out and try and save yourself a few bucks on your life insurance. Um, so if you're a guy like me, Spencer, and, and you ride a little bit and you walk mm -hmm. a lot, can I put in two things? Can I both be a professional walker and a semi-professional <laughs> biker? Probably. I would say yes. Okay. Because I want to think... get some money off because I walk a lot. Yeah. All right. I, I think they could uh, work something out for you, but uh, your best place to go to figure uh, figure out the answers to questions like that will be to uh, the FAQ page. Um, so you can head over to healthiq.com slash slow ride. Check out the quiz. Uh, see if you will save yourself some money. Score elite. You'll save money. Or just check out the FAQs and uh, learn some more about the whole process. Sounds uh, like what I should do. Yeah. The other thing we need to talk about during this pre lap is uh, wide angle podium merch we've got uh kits that are coming out we're about to close this pre-order here in a few days on the uh on the 15th um for those endura produced wide angle podium kits they are pretty rad i spent a long time designing them i think they look good uh hopefully you guys do too scoop them up while you got a chance i don't think we're gonna get many extras if any extras um so this will be your only chance and uh like we alluded to before we're going to have uh, maybe some big names 
out there uh, sporting this kit. So you might want to get in while the getting's good before they're, uh, you know, tripling in value like Bitcoin. So. Because they're going to go, they're gonna, people are going to like, famous people are going to wear them and then put them on eBay for lots of money. <laughs> yeah, something like that. We'll figure it out. Um, okay. But we've, so we've got that. And then we've also got, uh, you can find that wideanglepodium.com. Just click on the store uh, link and it'll take you right there. We've also got a new Wide Angle Podium app that you can go to the uh, App Store via Apple or Google um, and uh, and download for your phone or your iPad or whatever you have. And uh, it'll get you all the great Wide Angle Podium content from all the shows. Like we got to hang out, Crosshairs Radio, Bike Shop CX, the Meyerson Line might have new shows. You never know. Um, Possible. And if they do, it'll pop up right on the app. You can get a push notification and everything. So you'll be the first to know. Uh, it's really cool. I'm really excited about it. Um, it should make life easier for all our Android using uh, f- listeners that can't use iTunes and, and all that stuff. So um, check it out. If you haven't, give it a download. Let me know what you think. Leave a review uh, of the app. That would be a huge help. Um, something you can do. So. Uh, but that's about it for the sales pitch for this pre lap. So we can uh, we can get back to talking about bikes. Hi, this is Dan from Nam, Namibia, not Vietnam, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. So Spencer, you mentioned more cross, American cross. We got nationals coming up pretty mm-hmm. soon. Adam, you're gonna you're gonna defend the jersey. I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt. Yes, I mean yeah, attempt. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound cool. confident enough. Let's yeah. try that again. One more time. You're gonna defend the jersey, right? Uh, look, anything can happen. <laughs> no, see, no, I mean, look, uh, and, cut, cut. Uh, Local well, race. You're gonna show up. You're gonna show up. Right? I got I mean. a, a, a 45 plus. <laughs> one of my 45 plus competitors finished in front of me in the in the elite race this this past Sunday. It was mildly unnerving. I I, <laughs> I did get a um a core stake in my rear derailleur and broke my derailleur hanger. Wow. I had to do a little bit of running to the pit, but um, yeah. I still would have preferred to have been able to ride him back down and finish in front of him despite. A little bit yeah. of extra running I had to do, so you know, snowy conditions. There's kind of a limit to how fast you can go, but um, I sure don't like it when I get beat by <laughs> 45 plus guys in the races. So you know, anything can happen. Um, that could have been, that could have been nationals, you know. See, that's yeah. a very that's a very professional response that we've come to, you know, expect from professional cyclists. But you're retired. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's totally legit to be like, yeah, I'm gonna crush it. I'm gonna uh, these fools don't know what's up. So you know, I I feel I feel confident. I certainly am confident, but um, I still got to go out there and pedal the bike. And yeah. um, well, it's it, mildly, it's a race. They wouldn't have a race. Yeah, if, that's uh, right. Right. You know, I'm I'm mildly concerned win. about the altitude. Um, you know, my main mm. my main competitors are coming from Colorado. They're coming from Boulder, so uh, I will be at a disadvantage there. But the How- court course looks fast how high is reno is it is it high yeah it's 45 i think oh really wow yeah. i didn't know it was high, high. high enough to matter you know yeah yeah so, yeah but uh the course looks <laughs> oh fast right now um 
And I think Segway Segway Sam has to break in. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of being high, <laughs> ah. do you have an official take on the on the Minnesota Cycle Cross racer busted for THC last week? <laughs> Little guy, this is ba- your backyard, right? These are your people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I no one was surprised. No, I mean, not at all. No, it's like part of his image, right? Like he's he's Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He's not he's not trying to be shy about it. No, it seems stupid, right? Like I mean, I know we all sign up for the rules and we sign up for the rules, but I think I think we're all at the point now where we don't think THC should be on the ban list, right? I know there are people who yeah. are like, Oh, I don't want to race against people whose reaction times might be compromised or <laughs> Like, I mean, I guess, you know, I don't want to race against stoned bike races either. I suppose that has some, carries some amount of weight, but I don't know. It's, yeah. It's, it's the least of my worries, well, you know? Yeah. If you know Hollywood, you know that his biggest priority in any race is winning the whole shot. So you just got to get around him in those slow reaction times. You don't, you don't have to worry about him like running into you from behind. Right. Right. Yeah. I'd rather someone stoned than on amphetamines or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> okay. We can get back to nationals. I just had to get that in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so outside of your race, I think a lot of people are thinking, this year or at least these let this window of years is a transitional period for cross uh like a changing of the guard kind of uh with kind of started with the hide and powers uh thing but now maybe moving on to even including tobin or or carrie warner and then definitely on the women's side as well uh you know is katie compton able to be dethroned i think you addressed that earlier but um you know do you see it the same way like yeah yeah, well, I think um, you don't know what you're going to get from Jeremy, right? And I think we've seen that this year. Like, Jeremy's in a great place, I think, personally and professionally. And I think in some ways losing the jersey was a, almost a relief for him. It's a burden off. And he can focus on being a dad and his health and doing the training he needs to do. And he really is fit and he looks great. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he's finally comfortable with not having to win every race. He can just go out there and ride according to how he feels and, and get whatever result that gets him and not be stressed about it. And that wasn't easy for him. So yeah. could Jeremy show up and win nationals? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think anyone's going to rule Jeremy out. Hyde, Hyde is riding on a maybe a different level from everybody else, but um, Tobin's so fast. And so is Steven. But I think like we saw at Providence, if um, Tobin and Steven go to the line together, couple of the races right mm-hmm. Tobin's going to beat him in the sprint um, mm-hmm. more, more often than not so based on what I've seen in this course video I, right now it looks like it's like an open road race it looks like it looks like pack racing to me tons of space we'll see what kind yeah. of rain we get you know if it gets muddy or what we got out there and you never know where the tape is going to be and what kind of turns there but right now based on what we can see uh, looks like some group racing and that would that would favor Tobin. Yeah, Tobin's been kind of I mean, he came out of the gates super hot, right? But and everybody's like, "Ah, oh, well, he kind of disappeared, but not really. He's he's still got 11 UCI wins this year." Yeah, like this who season. said he disappeared? That's, he just went back to That's California. insane. Yeah, he just drained yeah. a little bit and 
yeah, he's he's been you know back doing the big races. It's time to get ready for nationals. Yeah, I don't think he disappeared. Yeah. No, I don't think so either. But uh, yeah, I think he's on track. I think a lot of guys are on track. Kerry Warner winning this weekend as well in uh, North Carolina. So he's going well. Um, little guy, second place there in North Carolina. Did you see? No. A certain Eric Thompson. Really? Two podiums, two weekends in a row? Yeah. Three podiums, yeah, two Indian, weekends in a row. That's... Too, right? yeah. He's riding great. He, best... Oh, that's awesome. Rhode Island was the best uh, best I've ever seen him ride. He's definitely moved up a level. I mean, I know we spent the season in yeah. Europe last year, and so we didn't really get a good look at him. But he, uh, yeah, I think he started his season a little bit late this year. But he, he's definitely gone up a level since the last time I raced with him. Mm-hmm. That's great. Great, great guy too. Could, he's a nice guy. Couldn't get beat by a nicer guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and any, yeah, any. I mean, obviously, I'm excited about any Minneapolis uh, or Minnesota guys who've been destroying me for years. Um, showing their stuff on the national scene, so I can see, see, I can like point to it and be see, see. That's why I couldn't win. That's why I couldn't win. Guy's legit, but yeah. it's awesome. Um, do you think uh, guys like that and guys like Bjorn Sealander making a comeback this year? Uh, you know, do they have a chance? Do they stand any sort of? Uh, can they shake things up? I guess. Mm. You know. Um. And on, the, on yeah. the right day, I guess anything can happen, right? But yeah, it's been interesting to watch Bjorn's comeback this year, and and it's, he's been a bit up and down, right? Like when he's uh, he shows flashes of mm-hmm. of the Bjorn that we that we've known from the past and know that he's capable of, and he's had some great starts too. Sometimes he gets a little space early and he goes for it. So yeah, I I would not anything's possible with Bjorn. We know what his talent level is like, and. Just a matter of what kind of rowdy puts together at nationals and what kind of course we get, but he's it's been great to have him back. At the very least, it's been great to have him back and uh, and see the progress that he's making. We all know how good he is. All right. Um, anything else we need to talk about for for cyclocross this year? I mean, the women's side of thing. Katie obviously is is the big big favorite, but you know uh, we've got a big crowd behind her piling up. You know, like. Not even with little Katie, but with uh, Al Anderson, Courtney McFadden riding really well lately. Crystal Anthony riding really well lately. Ruby West is Canadian, so she's not going to factor in. Yeah, I was but, like, uh, where are you going with that? Um, yeah. Just trying to think of people who have been doing well lately. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, again, anything can happen, you know, flat tires, broken chains, whatever. So, yeah. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think. It is Katie, Katie, and Ellen are are certainly the the top three, and you know if they everybody shows up at the top of their game, I think that's what we'll see at, at the front of the race. But you're right, there's you know if Becca gets a heavy course and um, yeah. place she can really use her her power, you know she's had some great for Becca. The the harder the race is, the better she performs. Um, that's why I think mm-hmm. she she was she did pretty well on her European trip. You know, it's, it's a little bit of chaos and a lot of power, and her talent really shows. Um, but yeah, Courtney McFadden's been riding great. And I think when, when those top, top riders aren't there, she's, she's winning races and turning out to be, you know, to beat Crystal Anthony is not insignificant. Um, definitely yeah. stands out. It's not like she's not beating anybody good. So those are great results too. And, um, yeah, you're right. That's why we race, right? See what happens yeah. on, on race day. Like it, it could be the most, uh, wide open year we've had in the women's field or, or Katie could just ride away from everybody again. 
Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Well, and that, uh, you know, we talked earlier about um, Wout uh, beating Vanderpool kind of on his bad luck days almost, you know, and, and when you think back to the World Championships last year, like everyone flatted a thousand times and, and Vanderpool flatted a bunch, but, you know, it is part of the skill is is not flatting as much as everyone else, even if everyone's flatting, right? Like, so... Yeah. I mean, that's part of Wout's skill set there is like he only got five flats and, you know, Vanderpool got seven or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. We had those green tires, man. Let's not forget he had the green tires last year. I mean, well, we all know it was the green tires, but we got to. Yeah. You can't get them anymore. So we got to come up with something else. <laughs> They're magical. <laughs> They're magic. Do you have any green tires in the basement, Adam? I don't, believe it or not. I know. It's, <laughs> that I know is it's a shocking. surprise. I know. I know. No, I um part of why I don't was because uh I was riding tubulars when those tires were popular, you know? Like I definitely had some for training at one point or another, but um yeah. like when when Tim Johnson got like fifteenth at Zolder Worlds, I was I was actually there watching. This when he was on Saturn. It was probably the best ride of the day. But he got so many flats because he's riding Michelin clinchers at the World Championships, you know. <laughs> and he was trying to ride him at. He'll tell you this story too. Like he kind of like makes fun of himself when he tells the story because he tried to ride him at tubular pressures, you know. And he just yeah, flatting uh, yeah. all day long. And I, I think those lap times are documented about how like how fast he was going. Like it was one of the first years that uh, they provided lap time data. Um, okay. interesting to go back and look because it was really a phenomenal ride with that result. But yeah, you know, if you're on clinchers, everybody had those tires. They were definitely something special. <laughs> Imagine. Everybody but you. Exactly. All right. All right. All right. Well, I don't know. Do we get uh, we got more uh, more we need to talk about here? I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm running out of agenda items. Um, kind of that's it man it's just cross the road Facebook. to sleep oh, right Facebook. now so. Facebook. We, sorry we're not friends on facebook anymore though, guy. no that's okay i'll i guess I, i'll yeah. forgive you i added spencer back yeah <laughs> what now i don't sorry. forgive you anymore. i'm in the, i'm in the inner circle <laughs> uh I, I suppose you guys live together once know each other better the great someone called um, it the great facebook purge of 2017 for people that don't know i i downloaded a, an extension <laughs> for chrome and I unfriended everybody on Facebook except my wife. Um, something like almost 5,000 people gone. Do you think there's That's any gone. chance you could recreate that? Like at that at that number, especially with f- Facebook, it's like so many people that you like, yeah, 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 I, I saw you once and we became friends and then you don't remember them. So it's like impossible. To That's how I got, yeah. That Well, that's how I got in this how I got in this predicament in the first place was because I, I didn't uh, have an athlete page and I used to just approve every friend request and then hide yeah. people that I didn't know so that, so that the people could follow. Right. And then in the process, I absolutely ruined yeah, Facebook right. for myself because eventually you, you get to that 5,000 friend limit friend, quote unquote friend. And all of a sudden, I couldn't add people that I actually wanted to pay attention to because I my Facebook was full of people yeah. that, I, that I didn't know. And uh, so I've been gradually chipping away at kind of unfriending strangers, but letting people follow and keeping everything public so that they can still get what they were getting out of friending me or following me from 
you know, basically still trying to use it as an athlete mm-hmm. type page to begin with. Cause I don't post to my athlete page really that much, but, um, I just finally, ultimately what ends up happening is it's all the drive by comments from other people's like someone I don't know really well. Maybe they haven't unfriended their racist grandma yet and their racist grandma is leaving comments and I'm seeing these comments and I just (laughs) so overexposed. I just needed to turn all that stuff off and down. And I finally was like, (laughs) I'm going to just start over. We do. um, We do have an email in the, in the inbox. I just pulled up uh, uh, from Theo in Minneapolis. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, question about uh, 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 the DVV race a couple weeks ago, Ham, I believe it was, um, where they had those tire barriers or stairs kind of made out of tires. Yeah. Val yeah. got stuck between them on the last Yeah, lap. so he says, I'm a big fan of the Toyo tire barriers of the DVV race uh, that pinched Wild's tire. Uh, what other companies or products would make good obstacles during a cross race? Mm-hmm. Get you started. Uh, I suggest the DeKalb corn pit or the LaCroix loose can section. It would uh, definitely just the LaCroix loose can section. <laughs> um, maybe the Cycle Smart in- instant coaching heckling area. Area. Oh, that'd be good. Just a just a few oh. of the coaches you have to get through that are yelling things at you. <laughs> no, no, I would just that would be fine if it was just me. Like I would, if <laughs> I could just yell at people like I normally do during yeah. the race. <laughs> But I wouldn't actually be in the race with them. I would just yell at them like yeah. I would normally. Yeah. Oh, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> Unclip first. <laughs> Get that saddle out of your armpit. Not enough room in this turn for both of us. Sorry. <laughs> I think obviously um, Smuckers or something should sponsor a corner on the course and just dump mm. a lot of jelly. Create Create a different kind of mud. <laughs> All right. Well, didn't they do that? Did you see the one in Seattle? They had a slip and oh, slide. Was that like mount? single speeds or no? That was just a regular race. It was part. Yeah, it was normal race. I think it was Udala type <laughs> stuff, but it looked very Portlandish yeah. to me. But what it was Seattle? it. Well, I just I marvel yeah. at it, you know, because on one hand I'm like that looks amazing. On the other hand, I'm like this is not this this is in your cycle. Like I don't, I just don't yeah. get it. But I'm glad that they're enjoying. It. <laughs> there, there used to be a Minneapolis, Minnesota race, uh, Red Barn that would occasionally have like a f- foam machine on one part of the course, and it would just have this little wall of foam, and you know you just ride right through it. It's just foam. Um, yeah. Is this where the foam party? <laughs> yeah, maybe Spencer was like that one little section of the course was really no, fun. I, I, I hyped up and and you know, made, helped make that thing happen. But, uh, that phone party was not my idea that that originated out of Florida cycle cross RIP. <laughs> um, that's, I, the, I, I can't think of anything else right now other than, than jelly, jelly and jam. Jelly but, corner. How I mean, deep? a peanut butter corner would be all right. Cause pe- people already, you know, talk about races mm-hmm. being peanut buttery. So why not just make it real peanut butter in one part of the course? I'm pretty into the LaCroix uh, loose can section, but I would never fly in New England. We'd have to, we'd have to yeah, be polar. Polar. I mean, all the Belgian races are already sponsored by some like solo like uh, plastic cups. At least one yeah. part of the course is already yeah. like a solo yeah, cups. Yeah, that's a good cup point. obstacle yeah. course. They don't come out to the last <laughs> lap. What about, didn't someone, some race had um, 
flaming barriers. It's like, yeah. Mil- Milwaukee has done that a couple of times, I think. Uh, mm. <sighs> Milwaukee. Wisconsin has the best races, you guys. Like, uh, It's just one of those things. Crits, well. road races, everything. Saw- like, Why are Wisconsin races so good? Oh, I guess Durand, yeah. There was a... Uh- there was a Santa. There was a Santa barrier at Ice Weasels. Like a real Santa, just laying like, on the ground. Yeah, someone dressed as a Santa. Yeah, there was a log jump in that sort of the party zone, and then I noticed in the photos <laughs> that one of the Santas laid down so that he was the second barrier mm. after the log. It didn't happen during my race. I think it just happened in a single speed <laughs> race. That sounds about right. Funny hot uh, Santa. That's pretty good because that I like that. That take me back to when. Uh, is riding BMX bikes as a kid, we'd build little crappy jumps and then we'd lay down and jump over oh, each yeah. other. Yeah, you'd jump and, each other. <laughs> you know, do that in the street and all the neighbors would be like freaking out about it. Um, that was the best though. Get <laughs> get my mom to come out and she'd let us jump over her and all my friends would be like, wow, your mom's so cool. <laughs> That's pretty That's good. Fun. Yeah. My mom would have never stuff. let me jump over her on a bike. Never. <laughs> Well, I guess your mom's not as cool as my mom. That is true. Sorry, mom. There's so many, so many mom jokes here to go with. <sighs> I'm just gonna leave them all there. <laughs> yeah. Like one. Yeah. yeah. That's that's probably uh, that's probably for the best and maybe a good spot to wrap up for the evening. <laughs> um. Uh, how does Tim do this? Okay. Well, I mean, you should know. You wrote it for him. Yeah, he doesn't follow the script, so it doesn't matter. Uh, he thanks all the listeners. Thanks yeah. Health IQ. Thanks the Wide Ankle Podium. Thanks BK One. Rhyme Sayers Entertainment Rhyme for the intro and outro music. Yeah, gotta gotta do that. Um, he says you gotta wave to everybody. You do gotta no wave to what. everybody. What's your waving policy, Adam? Have we asked you this before? Are you a wave? What I'm riding? A waver? Yeah. Ab- Absolutely everyone. I'm uh I'm really um aggressive about the waving. <laughs> like I get mad yeah. when people don't wave back. Sometimes I turn around like, hey, I was a pro for 13 years and I waved at yeah. you. <laughs> what who do you think you are not waving back? Yeah. That's good. That's a good policy. The, yeah. That's a good policy. Um so yeah, uh if you got questions for the show, you can send them to the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us or tweet at us on Twitter, the slow ride pod, uh, Instagram as well. All that jazz. I'm going to thank BK one, one more time because the music's so good. Um, and yeah, don't forget to wave at all your fellow cyclists. when you see them out on the road and, uh, with that, I've been Spencer in Boston. I've been Matt in Minneapolis. And Adam also in Boston. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. George and Gabby. Oh, yeah, shit. We didn't get a hand, Gabby. We didn't even talk about him until that point.
He's probably not a good cross racer.